You're listening to Accounting Matters, an accounting podcast powered by Embark about accounting matters because accounting matters. This is Adam Olson, Embark's accounting advisory national practice leader, and you're listening to Accounting Matters. We're back with part three of our special bonus series episodes recapping the 2022 AICPA Conference on Current SEC and PCOB Development. On our last episode, we talked a bit about where the SEC was focused, some of the highlights that the SEC staff raised during the conference, and today we're pivoting a bit to the standard setting side um, and recapping a bit what we heard from the FASB's end, um, particularly uh, Rick Jones, the, the chairman of the FASB board, as well as other members of the FASB that spoke during the conference. I'm again welcoming back uh, to the conversation Nicole Harger, uh, a senior director in Embark's National Quality Group, uh, to share her thoughts and kind of some of the highlights that she heard throughout the conference um, from the FASB um, so that we can provide that information to you. Nicole, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Hey, we should do a, a special shout out to your fans that you met at the conference <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's right. We, we, we definitely had a, some folks visit. So Embark, you know, was, uh, was attending the conference, not only just to kind of hear the information, but also as a, as a sponsor of the event this year. And so uh, definitely had a great time uh, meeting those folks that, that came by our tables um, just to, to hear from them a bit about what they do, the organizations. And, and yes, we did have some uh, accounting matters. <laughs> Uh, listeners, uh, swing by the table. So it was great to, to speak to you guys as well. Um, yeah, it's always fun to connect and, and just hear from people that, that are enjoying the podcast. So yeah. thanks for stopping by. Thanks for reminding me of that. I, I, yeah. I forgot. Uh, it was a busy week there. So it was, uh, just trying to keep everything in, in oh, mind. It was busy. There was a lot to take in. There was yeah. people there. For sure, for sure. So let's um, let's go ahead and just jump right in then. So with the FASB, you know, I think uh, when they spoke on their panel, you know, I think it was definitely, you know, they were on trend, I would say, with the rest of the event, which was, again, around just uh, the focus on investors, the focus on better decision-making information, and really just kind of giving the FASB's view on one, how they, they take in or they solicit feedback, their process for, you know, they, I think they spoke more like high level around this, their standard setting process and for trying to provide some clarity about how the current board is viewing um, decisions around where they tend to focus and why they're focusing on certain things. And then obviously they, they segued into more just their specific projects that they have going on right now, um, you know, that are addressing some of the needs that were raised and things like that. So. So I think from just a high level, um, you know, Nicole, I guess like, what were some of your takeaways around maybe how they're engaging um, investors or others kind of into the standard setting process? Yeah, so I actually thought um, it was really neat to hear them kind of talk about their uh, agenda consultation process, as I think is what they call it. And basically, that is where they do seek feedback from accountants, from auditors, um, investors, you know, on the FASB's agenda items. So they ask, hey, what should be, what should we work on? You know, what problems are you seeing? What is your suggested solution? So I thought that was um, really, just really great to hear that not only are they, 
you know, they're, they're wanting to solicit feedback from everybody and kind of get everybody's, um, all the different stakeholders' opinions on things that they need to be thinking about, um, you know, what people are seeing in real time um, and how to kind of work through those, those problems. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I think there's, I thought they did a really good job too, because I think for some people, you know, I think if you, if you have an audit background or a, you know, professional services background and, you know, if you've, um, you're probably more aware that the FASB is more accessible than, than they may otherwise appear to be. But I think for a lot of people in the audience that, you know, don't come from those backgrounds and maybe are preparers at, you know, different registrants and things like that, they may view the FASB as kind of this ivory tower standard setting body. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think they did a great, a great, you know, justice to them basically trying to break down some of those barriers and really explaining that they are a collaborative group and, yep. and, you know, even went on to say is like, they love hearing from not only <laughs> the auditors and stuff, but, you know, registrants, preparers, um, investor groups, whatever, you know, reaching directly out with them to discuss yep. like issues or things that are top of mind and they're always receptive to feedback. You know, the, the agenda consultation thing was definitely something that, um, you know, the chairman was focused on when he, he put that out. And I know they do other lots of different you know, kind of outreach activities and programs. So really, I think they're, they're, they are doing a good job of making sure that their focuses are, are centered on things that people do care about. And it's not just necessarily one body or one group, but they really try to pull in a mix of people when they're thinking about their their current agenda and things that they want to focus on as far as projects are concerned. Um, so I guess like, you know, thinking about, um, you know, a variety of projects they have going on. I think there was, there were some questions that some people had asked about just like, you know, how they decide ultimately what ends up on their technical agenda, what doesn't end up on their technical agenda. You know, what, what were some of your thoughts around, like, you know, how they, they kind of waver through that? Because I think, you know, one thing they, they did cover, which was interesting as well is, you know, they almost reprioritized where their focus was when they were looking at their technical agenda, because there were certain projects that were on there that fell off that actually were kind of moving through. So one they highlighted was the, the goodwill impairment, kind of looking at the accounting for goodwill. Um, and you know, there was, you know, it had gone through several stages of a, of a project life cycle at that point. And then I think they ultimately came to the decision that they couldn't really justify the cost benefit or the reason for it. So they, they kind of scrapped that project. So I think for some people, you know, they remember that that was maybe a couple months ago or so when they decided they kind of yanked that from their, their technical agenda. Um, you know, some people were maybe asking why, but, you know, in their, in their feedback, it was basically around there was, still bearing views on that. And so they they do focus on what makes sense, what's achievable, and that, that there actually is a purpose for the projects that they include on their technical agenda. So I don't know if you had any any thoughts around, you know, some of the, the, the comments they shared there or not. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously when you you touched on the fact that they're kind of thinking about what's top of mind for everybody. And another topic that we heard a lot about during the conference was around crypto assets. Um, and they did talk about how that is a project that they are trying to um, move relatively quickly on, um, yeah. just given all of the disruption in that market right now. Yeah, yeah, no, they, no, they mentioned for sure that, 
you know, we, we definitely have an episode like focused specifically on crypto that we'll highlight in the conference because that was another kind of like trending topic that weaved its way through. But yeah, the FASB was, was quick to recognize too, like just when you think about the pace of their standard setting is like they for sure want to do their due diligence and make sure that they are, you know, a, a big focus was getting the scope right when they had start a project so that they know, you know, that makes sure that from the onset they they've got that laid out correctly so that all the other subsequent steps of the project and decisions that are made um, are meaningful. Um, but also recognizing there, there are going to be times where there's certain topics or issues or whatever that come to surface where they may need to be more reactive. And so, you know, the, the accounting for crypto assets is definitely one area where, you know, we've seen that project move pretty quickly. They've made, you know, several decisions. They've had several recurring meetings where that topic or that project topic has been discussed and things have been have been done. And so that is moving relatively quickly, I think, just given um, you know, a lot of the noise and, and concern around around crypto assets, um, for sure. Um, I know we uh, you and I actually talked a bit about um, you know, when we were talking about just the economic uncertainty and some of the comments that Paul Munter raised. Um you know, around transparency. And then I think he even kind of went into the concept of disaggregation and being more, again, just coming back to that meaningful financial information, useful decision-making information for investors. Um, you know, I think the FASB, I think, is aligned on that as well because yep. they also have current projects that are focused specifically on disaggregation in particular areas where investors are are interested. So can you kind of walk through um, you know, what, what the FASB shared as it relates to some of those ongoing disaggregation projects? Yeah, so um, they touched on three current projects that they have all centered around disaggregation and transparency. Um, the first project is focused on segment reporting, um, and this poster draft has actually already been issued, um, but the proposed standard would require additional disclosures on um, significant segment expenses, um, and then it would also require segment information to be provided more frequently and by more public companies. Um, and then the second kind of project that they're working on um, is really focused on disaggregation of functional expenses. So think about your cost of sales and your SGNA. And so um, the project that they're working on specifically is to kind of um, break those into consistent natural categories, such as you know employee compensation, depreciation, and amortization um, for capitalizable amounts, such as inventory. Um, they would potentially disaggregate those costs by purchases or raw materials, you know, and then potentially thinking about uh, separate presentation or disclosure of selling expenses. And they did touch on that. Um, that draft is expected hopefully in the first half of 2023. So um, certainly more to come on that. And then the third project they, they touched on um, is around disaggregation of income tax disclosures. So um, they want more disaggregation information within the rate rec, as well as providing disclosure requirements for taxes paid by jurisdictions. So um, specifically, um, public companies, 
at least what they're thinking about, um, would be required to disclose specific categories in their rate reg, as well as requiring um, additional disclosure for reconciling, reconciling items um, using a 5% threshold. So um, on an interim basis, companies would be required to provide a qualitative disclosure that would result in significant year-to-date changes um, in the effective tax rate from prior annual reporting. And then for non-public companies, um, they would be required to provide qualitative disclosures about uh, specific categories of reconciling items and then uh, and individual jurisdictions that result in significant differences between the statutory tax rate and the effective tax rate. Um, and then in addition to that, um, all companies would be required to disclose on an interim and annual basis um, income taxes paid, disaggregated by federal, state, and foreign taxes. And then on an annual basis, um, having disclosures around your income taxes paid by jurisdiction using a 5% threshold. Yeah, so just, again, just a lot of kind of breaking down the financial statements a bit more and really giving investors more transparency. And these were definitely three areas that I know were highlighted um, by the SEC. And then I think really just kind of showing that collaboration between the SEC as well as the FASB when they think about some of the priorities and making sure that they're being responsive to what, what are the needs of users of the financial statements. Um, one other thing I know they, they touched a bit on was just around their kind of post-implementation reviews. Yep. So especially around like the major standards, right? You know, so 606, 842, and CECL being kind of the big three where they've been doing those post-implementation reviews. And so I think, you know, I, what I would just add to that is, um, you know, I, I do think it's great that they continue to do those. And like, I think what those have been able to achieve in doing those post-implementation reviews is just continuing to, um, you know, make targeted improvements where there are needs that are identified just through application of the standard. And so I think it really just shows that they are, again, just being responsive. So kind of ties back to my comment where, you know, the FASB wants to be viewed as accessible. And so as issues are identified in application of some of these standards and things that they they release and issue that get finalized is, you know, they aren't afraid to continue to improve those standards, you know, through these post-implementation reviews or just feedback in general that's being solicited or just voluntarily provided. So for sure, for, you know, preparers, you know, public or non-public, regardless, like weigh in on these things and share your feedback. Like, I, you know, we definitely would encourage people to, to be a part of the process. And I think that that was echoed through that, that sentiment around their post-implementation review process. Yep. The only other thing I think that kind of stood out to me were just some of the other projects they had in mind. That, and some are maybe particular on some of their research agendas as well. Um, that are kind of being worked through and whether or not they'll go up for vote to the technical agenda. Um, but one I know they touched on a bit was around software. I don't know if you remember, like just talking about just the existing models for for software costs and just thinking about when those original standards were created and just kind of the, you know, you've essentially got kind of two models. You know, you've got like the internal use software model and all the capitalization rules there. And then you got a separate model if you intend to like, you know, market or sell, you know, the software um, for accounting for that. So just 
you know, there were, there were some sentiments as well that they're looking at that for sure around just given the way technology and the use of software has changed over time, does that still make sense? Is there a better answer there? And so just, again, I think it just shows that they're continuing to look at, look at existing standards as well. And just, you know, maybe there's areas where improvement or more meaningful information can be provided through some changes to some of those existing standards. So um, I thought that was interesting as well. Just, you know, like a revisit to some of those existing areas right. of guidance. Yeah. Um, you know, before we wrap, is there anything else that, you know, maybe stood out to you as related to the FASB or just kind of standard setting updates in general? Yeah. So one thing, um, and it's not really specific to the FASB, but the IASB chair um, did spend a little bit of time talking about, you know, conversion and between U.S. and inter international standards um, and a little bit, you know, went into a little bit of the uh, collaborative nature that the different boards have and, you know, making sure that, you know, while we don't have true conversion, that they are kind of working collaboratively and sharing um, decisions that are being made across, across both boards. Yeah, no, I think that's, a, that's an important point. I mean, it's, it's not a true priority of either of those boards to like get a hundred percent convergence on the standards that we have seen convergence and in, in recent standards and even, even the ones that have been issued even as of this year. So like there was a, a recent standard that the FASB put out on supplier financing disclosures and that, that standard aligned um, with a, with a similar standard put out by the IASP. So I think that's also, you know, just a good thing to highlight is that while differences will continue to exist and, and do exist, you know, they, they are focused on trying to align the decision-making information for people that report, you know, under IFRS and US GAAP um, where it makes sense. So, well, I think that's a great spot to uh, wrap for today, uh, discussing kind of the FASB's priorities and, you know, talking about their standard setting process. So, Nicole, thanks again for uh, sharing your insights and kind of recapping what you heard. Appreciate you uh, joining me on this discussion. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, and thanks to our listeners for, for tuning in. And be sure to check out our next part in our kind of bonus episode series on the conference where we'll talk a bit about cybersecurity and just some of the uh, the recent SEC proposal around cybersecurity disclosures and just the risk of cybersecurity that was shared in the panel discussion there. So uh, looking forward to welcoming you all back on another episode of Accounting Matters. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant, subsequent, authoritative guidance issued.